Today, I'm talking to Carmen Casadella, VP of New Construction and Sales with Fortune International Group in South Florida. Prior to the Great Recession, Carmen was solely marketing developments and among the best of the best in the industry. The turn of the market changed her options, get her real estate license or find an entirely new career in the worst recession in decades. She chose the former. Today, Carmen is a top-ranked professional, leading various teams to achieve new levels of success in highly competitive markets. She works hand-in-hand -hand with world-class developers, architects, interior designers, and sales teams. Carmen creates a lifestyle vision for the project's selling points and successfully develops strategies to bring increased revenue and profit to the company. She sells properties prior to completion, many of them as early as three and four years prior to completion. She and I talk about how to sell luxury new construction. What makes it different? Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today, I'm so excited to tell you that we have a very special guest, Carmen Casadella. She is in new development and is going to be teaching and sharing with us a lot about that because she's so hyper-focused. I mean, you're representing 16 developments right now we do. and four coming up. And we're talking like some of these developments have 300 to 400 units and 40 floors in them. So that being said, you are with Fortune International Group in South Florida. Carmen, hi, and thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you, to share with your audience. It's a pleasure um, being here and, and, and I can't wait. I couldn't feel more the same. So start off for us, tell us like who you are today, what do you do? Obviously you're a licensed real estate agent, but it's pretty specialized. I am. Um, I am because I work in a little bit slightly different part of real estate. In Miami, we sell a lot in pre-construction. So that means that we start selling projects, and I mean high rises, large buildings, even before that we put a shovel in the ground. So before we start the construction, we do a pre-construction phase, and, and then we start selling them um, sometimes months before we, we even launch the, the construction. So it requires a different skill set because you don't have a property to show per se. You are based on floor plans. We are based on renderings. You are based on a beautiful sales gallery that we try to convey, you know, the lifestyle that the client might possibly have when they live in that building years later. So, so this is something that is very special to South Florida. But in Miami, we've been doing it for years and it works extremely well. Wow. So you're selling properties to people and we're talking like, these aren't just little investment condos. I mean, they might be investments for some buyers, but you're selling properties that are going to not even be here for another two, three, potentially four years. Correct. Exactly. Because one of those high rises, you know, by the time you do foundation, you get the top off and you finish all the interiors, it definitely takes like three, four years. But um, I think, it does also uh, propose a different model of a payment structure. So the client is able to pay along the construction for a portion of mm. the, 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 the total payment and then pay the rest, the other half normally. You pay 50% along the construction and the other half when the apartment is delivered. So that is interesting to some people that might not be able to come with a big down payment. Um, and also um, it, it does offer the possibility of, of being able to, to plan ahead and, and do something for, for the future. Wow, so you say all of that like it's just so easy, but as an agent who sells something that they can see and feel and touch 
and they're just putting in a little earnest money. And when we close, they're usually, I know enough about new construction that they're often not putting down the kind of money you put on these new construction developments. So how do you, what's that like somebody who does this all the time? I mean, how do you draw that picture for them so that they see it? And how do you know when you're dealing with the right buyers? So um, basically, it requires a little bit of a different skill set. I think like storytelling is very important, believing in the project and believing on what the project is going to be like and how it's going to impact the area um, positively in, in the future that, that it requires that um, you are 100% committed to that evolution of the city. Yeah, so It's not only like you're selling you know, the four walls is not, you cannot sh show the closets, you cannot sh show, you know, um, the space, the living space, but you can definitely propose the lifestyle that the client is going to have, the environment where they're going to live in. And also, you know, it's, it's, it's selling the dream. It's selling yeah. the, the, um, the benefits of all that area and all that uh, change that it's coming to you. So sometimes, um, for some type of agents, it's easier to sell the reality, to go and take your client to see the home, to see the apartment. For other agents, it's actually easier to sell that dream and that um, uh, different uh, kind of uh, property that uh, it is not four walls, but it is something that it is has to do with the aspiration of where the client wants. What kind of buyer is it? I'm going to be funny. That's crazy enough to buy something that's not going to be here for four years and hand the money over like that. But they're really like, what kind of buyer is that that you know and find when they're going to buy a property like what you're selling? So typically in Miami, of course, we have a lot of interest from South American buyers. So that historically has been the, like the engine that has propulsed um, the city moving forward. But in the last year, year and a half, the uh, percentage of sales done to international buyers and the and the domestic buyers has changed dramatically. So now over half of our buyers are coming from domestic from other states of the United States. It used to be only about twenty percent of that. So our yeah. buyer is well used to do that kind of payment in stages because that's how also how it works in their countries. So they're they're not afraid. Um, they they study the developer. They know that we work with very reputable de developments. We, as Fortune as well, we've been 35 years in the business. We've been doing this over and over again for years through real estate cycles, through you know ups and downs. So they know us, and they know that when we attach our name to a development, then it is it is something that it's solid. It's something that it's moving forward. It's something that is going to be a reality. So our clients are used to work with us. We normally work with a, with a network of brokers that bring us their clients. And on the other hand, um, you know, basically we have as well our own brokers. Fortune has their own brokers that bring us the clients too. So I think that for the international buyer is clear. For the domestic buyer has taken a little bit more of um, learning curve but yeah. I think that because the inventory in Miami is so low, they much rather wait for a year or two or three or whatever it takes so that they get the perfect apartment with the amazing views in a great waterfront location that they will do just buying something now immediately when the inventory is low and they feel like they might not get exactly what they want. So basically, I think the domestic buyers are buying something now because that's the only way they're going to get it. Well, I mean, but that's not built yet. That's buying your. That's doing a pre-purchase. I didn't correct. say that. Correct. Yeah, they they prefer to buy something that is exactly what they dream of and what they want, and it has the kind of amenities they want, and it's in the location and the views that they want, rather than commit to something quickly. They prefer to rent for a little bit and wait for their construction to be finalized so that they can move in. And I think after COVID, like the quarantine, I say after, like it kind of keeps lingering on, but especially after that intense quarantine period, everybody's like, wait, this is like my home. I'm getting serious about this. I'm getting it right. I mean, I, that might have a lot to do with it. 
Absolutely. We have seen a shift in behavior of our clients that are coming to Miami looking for something different. They're looking for outdoor living, for lifestyle, mm -hmm. for, you know, being able to perhaps work from home because technology now allows it. So with that uh, in mind and the fact that they want to give something else to their families, um, we have seen a lot of clients coming here, not for the second home, but actually to move um, to Florida permanently. Obviously, oh, wow. this has also been a factor. Taxes in Florida are lower and everybody knows about it. And, and from coming from the Northeast and the higher uh, taxing states, um, Much higher. That, has been, yeah. that has also been a big attractive. No state income tax makes a really big difference. Big time. Absolutely. So here's one thing too you were talking about is you guys like at fortune international group you're you're a real estate brokerage you guys have a lot of new construction that you represent a lot of high-rise boutiques you've got a you've got agents who are also helping but they're traditional real estate agents mm -hmm. doing traditional business and the one thing we left out is fortune international group is also i think you guys develop Correct. tell us a little bit about that Yes, so we have three lines of businesses that we have had since the beginning, and they kind of seem to help each other. So one of it is, like you said, the traditional realty you know, shop. Uh, we have our own agents, we have our, over a thousand agents that are well-equipped and, and, and trained to sell pre-construction as well as other things, as well as resales and, and everything else. But then that um, development, that new development that wants to launch benefits from having those agents that get first dips almost uh, and potentially showing to their clients um, so they have a very strong relationship. At the same time, we are as well developers and that benefits our developers that we have and we work with them as a third party sales and marketing um, agency because they, we know we know what development means in Miami. We know the hoops that you have to go with the city. Yeah. We know, you know the construction, um, you know hurdles that you always have to overcome. So we almost also offer that kind of consulting to new developments that might want to come to Florida, and they are from out of state or they are from even international developers as well. Because some people might say, "Well, is it that a conflict of interest?" But it literally. Fee, everything feeds on everything. Your experience as a developer feeds on your assisting the development. Mm -hmm. Your compartment of having agents who are doing resales gives you access to the field, access to the buyers out there who are looking at their options to funnel them into your developments. Now, let's talk about you a little bit. How did you come into such a unique, specialized place in real estate? What's your story and why... Why, how, when did you get into development and what led you to today? But take us to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so the beginning is um, I, I have a, a bachelor's degree uh, in, um, in advertising and journalism. So mm. I always was kind of like loving the marketing aspect of it. And when I moved to Miami, I started working for um, um, a development company, but doing the marketing portion of it. So I was in, in the VP of marketing. So I was enjoying that very much, learning the trade, meeting a lot of brokers, meeting, um, organizing trips, uh, international trips for our agents. So basically covering everything, uh, all the aspects of sales, but from the marketing point of view. When 2008 came around um, and sales dramatically slowed, slowed down and um, basically uh, we were finishing some projects, but there weren't any new projects coming on board, I was told, you either move to sales or or there isn't much to be done in marketing anymore. So that kind of put me, um, you know, in a dilemma. But of course, I took it because that's what I had in front of me. Uh, I started taking some time off because I actually had a child around that same time. But in 2011, um, I joined Fortune and I started really strong in sales, um, really enjoying it from the very first moment um, and achieving a great success that brought me um, into my uh, vice president position a couple of years ago. So basically you go to college, you get a degree in sales and in, in marketing and journalism. Mm -hmm. You take that into a quote, real job, 2008 hits, that's gone. But you had a baby, took care of your son, started to raise him. And then in 2000, 
11, you decided to get back into this crazy business. But again, as a sales kind of, I would say what I call it like on-site salesperson for developments. Yeah. Yeah. So what did that look like? What did that mean for those agents out there that want to learn the business or want to know about like, what's the difference between that specific role and what I do as a traditional agent? Kind of describe that to us. Okay. So big difference. So the in-house agent position might appeal to somebody that wants a little bit more structure. So it's nice because you dress up in the morning, you go to the office, you have certain hours, you welcome, you know, the brokers that bring you their clients, you make appointments, you uh, sometimes go on visits to brokerage companies, but you do work in this beautiful environment because the sales galleries here are, you know, like the dream that you see in the movies uh, of those. Normally the villain, the villain house uh, is, is, is the most beautiful, exciting home. So that's what it, you know, the super palace that um, our sales yeah. gallery look like. So basically, um, that is um, the work of the in-house agent. You are selling only that property, the property of the, of the project that you are placed in. The only problem is that uh, you um, also have to cover weekends. So, you know, you have a rotation on how um, you are covering the seven days of the week at the sales gallery. Um, you get leads because we do all of our marketing efforts. Um, so you get leads, you get walk-ins, you get phone calls, and you have to, of course, take care of those, plus your outreach of the people that you already know, the brokers that you already know, and perhaps direct clients that you already know. So that's how you start making um, your sales. As a sales agent uh, in a project, as an in-house, you also get a draw. That means that you get some advancement on your commission. So you get a monthly payment. So that's appealing Mm -hmm. to some people that prefer to have some more of a security. Um, But of course, the amount of commission that you get paid out of each cell is less than you will typically make in a general. You you make about normally uh, about a 1%. Wow. So... So basically, it's the kind of job where you came into this industry just having a job. So this was more like for a lot of agents, it's too much stability or too much, too many guidelines for you. It was a way you expanded your business. You probably in the end increased your ability to make an income as you as you did this job and learned sales and did sales. So I think like the idea of having a job to go to and having yeah. um, a, a discipline that kind of made me uh, you know spend that many hours on the phone and do because it, that's the person that I am I, if I, I know that if I stayed home I probably would do less that I am capable of so that kind of work for me that's why I'm saying it depends on 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 how your drive is how how disciplined you are how um, you prefer to like be moving around all day long you prefer to have an office so there are different situations that uh, an agent might prefer one thing or the other. So for you, you've been doing this. I have two questions in mind, but I'm going to start with the first one. You started in as just a marketing person, I say just a marketing person, you're VP of marketing. And then you're like, so then they're like, so sorry, go sell. So you start selling. Now, by the way, I don't know if we really touted you well enough. You are the vice president of new construction sales for Fortune International Group. That's a big difference between where you started just kind of coming in on site. So tell us a little bit about what you did in the beginning and what your role really is now and how are they what how it's different. So I mean I think the story of success like um, we've seen many, many times over and over again is about putting the hours, is about working really hard. Um, I felt like every time that I did something out of my comfort zone, so if I went to see like the brokerage company that was 20 miles away, or I started doing cold calls that nobody really likes doing, or I took somebody, you know, out for a coffee or something like that, I got results. I got direct results. Um, So that is, I think, that's what your motivation and putting the extra mile um, really pays off. 
um, because there is always something that that you can do more right with this yeah. there's always more agents that you can call and more brokerage companies you can visit and more clients that you can take care of if it's a saturday or if it's a sunday or if it's a friday night at 8 p.m so you just have to be available that that's kind of like um i think a, a key of having the brokerage com community feel that like you are reliable and you are available at all times and that that makes you that makes you be uh, a more desirable agent to talk to um now from going to being marketing to sales to to now this other position is just about adapting yourself so it's about different challenges wanting to do something else wanting to to learn more and and what i do i love so much because it really keeps you in contact with the city so as we know we mm. need to start selling the city first and then we narrow it down to our neighborhoods and then to the building and then to the uh, apartment that you want to sell so all those things for me i need to know who my competition is who, um, what new things are coming to the neighborhood? Is the is the train going to have a stop in that neighborhood? The train that we have, we are now building between Miami and Orlando. Is our new restaurants coming on board? Is there uh, a new stadium on the works? So all those things you need to be connected. You need to understand. You need to know which banks are offering something. What what is it that? How can you help your client understand? what they are buying, but as well making the physical, you know, um, a purchase and, and help them in every step of the way. So the more you, you learn, the more you're connected with that city, also the, the, the better that normally works for you. So in all of that that you just told us, I heard three things. Number one, and this one from the beginning, in the job of what you do, again, everybody, remember, you're selling multi-million dollar properties a few years before they deliver. So when you do that, there's a little bit of storytelling going on and storytelling so they can see, believe, trust, and have faith in what the project is. To develop that, there's also relationships. You're meeting brokers, you're having coffee, you're going to open houses, you're making the phone calls. And then from that, don't forget all of that involves hard work. So storytelling, building relationships, hard work, and oh, by the way, knowing your stuff. Tell us a little about the storytelling you just you're starting we don't talk about this enough on the show but whether it's a presentation or doing something that you make it sound like well, we just do it i'm like no 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 you don't just do that you don't just sell a property like that and it's not even there yet without having a real skill set and you just nailed it with i think because I've, I've learned this in presentations you start with the big picture the city where are these people are coming from who they are then you go into the area, the section of town, then you go into the actual development and the building, and then you go all the way down to the unit and all of the pieces and parts that are going to go in it. That's kind of a lot to keep up with and keep it glamorous and, and, and the dream going through all of that. Well, and also doing it fast because when you have a client coming to your sales gallery, sometimes, most of the times, they're going to see several projects on the same day. So you have to try to captivate their attention um, through obviously what you offer, but also through the way that you offer it. Um, yeah. You have your own client that you visit with them, several properties. You do have the time to establish a relationship. But when they just come to see you for a short time to have the presentation, you have to establish that relationship right away. So I think that that's also another key point of the sales of the in-house agent. So how do you do it fast? Um, well, you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, you get a lot of people that are transient, right? Me, myself, I have a story. I'm not from Florida. I'm not from Miami. So, but I do speak Spanish. How come? I'm from Spain. Well, my grandparents were Spanish or so on. I lived in New York and, you know, so you try to find the connection the moment I am a mother. I'm, you know, mm. whatever it is that you can, you can have that you can connect. And also, I think that is important to understand when the buyer is buying, how their life will be. So do they have children? Are they looking for a beautiful pool that has like a zero entry because they have little kids? Um, are they looking for 
Um, are they young and, and, and this is their first purchase? Are they looking for something fun and that we are next to Wynwood and Wynwood is the cool area and that's what mm. they, so you kind of have to understand what is it that's going to make people tick. Um, try to do it as fast as possible while you're building that connection and learning about them. So really listen to who they are and what they need. So do it fast. But when you do tell, tell that story quickly in a way that's engaging and to do that, you've got to build a little rapport by bonding. You've got to build some trust by listening and knowing your market and knowing which things to talk about and not talk about. Because there are a lot of things you can talk about that might not matter and might bore them and send them off. Yeah. And, and also you have to be truthful because there are things that are are, might not be great about the, the, the building. I mean, normally we build in, in areas that are up and coming. So there was this one building that it was right next to um, a rehab facility. So you have to explain why are all these people having coffee as you come into the sales gallery? Um, it is 11 in the morning. Why are 20 people having coffee outside of a building? So you have to explain that yes, there is a rehab facility, but we already acquired the land so that it's gonna move to a different location. So it won't be there by the time that they buy and they are able to, to move into their uh, apartment. You have to know those things. You have to sound reliable. You have to sound that you know what you're talking about. Because if, if, if that little moment that you have, you're kind of doubting, oh, well, oh, no, they're not so bad. They're not, they're just having coffee, they're friends. You know, that, that doesn't work. Right. Well, not only that, but that's a big detractor. Like if you don't have the established trust and that goes into the relationships with the brokers in the community, they're not going to make it through the front door. For sure. For sure. And at the end of the day, the community is small and they all talk to each other and they either recommend you or they don't. And so so that's the only way kind of like to make it um, and to be successful with a referral of, of others. Yeah. And then lastly, we're going to, I'm going to hit it at one time, storytelling, building the relationships and working hard, but you got to work hard at the right things. What have you found are the right things to work hard at in your career? So, um, I think, I think, you know, definitely you have to, to, to identify, um, who is going to be the person making the decision. Sometimes, mm you have a family coming, right? And you will think the father will make the decision or the one that's really talking the most is the mother. Um, but in reality, it's the daughter that is gonna be the one that is gonna make the decision because they think that eventually she might be moving there in the future. So you have to learn to listen and but also be careful of paying attention to the, the, the person that's gonna be eventually the decision maker. So those are the things that you kind of like have to keep refining and training yourself yeah. to be best at by learning to listen, by learning the cues, by learning, you know, their conversation between them. And, and so those are, I, to me, it's fascinating. It's, it's always learning about people, about their dynamics. It's very, very interesting. I love you said that because there's always an assumption that you know everything. You've got to look for what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, any stories or anything about like learning that lesson about how to listen and what to listen for? So, um, yes, um, you know, I, I've been in situations where uh, I am faced with a couple and I see that there is friction between them. Um, and then you, you, you understand that maybe they're referring to people, other people, and then at the end of the day, basically, they're not married, he's buying her an apartment and that is a highly uncomfortable situation because then they fight over whose name is gonna be under. So those situations, oh. looking somewhere else, pretending that you're not listening and letting them make the decision. Um, but you find, you find yourself in situations that are very, very strange. Uh, through the course of one building, unfortunately I was faced with a death, with four divorces, with the birth of kids, with people losing their jobs. So many things happen within those four years. And, and so you kind of have to be, be able to, to sometimes be, be, be very nice to people, but sometimes also be very firm because otherwise things get out of control as well. So be supportive and be firm. 
because yeah, that can actually be supportive rather than misleading with people and their situations and their commitments with developments. Yeah. So what what has been in your whole career from I mean you were you were born you were born in Spain or Barcelona? Yes, I was born in Barcelona. You moved to the United States of America at what age? Oh, very young. I was uh, eighteen. Oh, that's not that young. You 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 were grown. Well, so you had a whole life. But it seems like such another country. Time. Yeah. <laughs> and then you come here to New York. Mm -hmm. I lived in New so, York, and then I lived in Miami. And how long were you in New York? I was there for ten years. Oh wow! So in New York for ten years, and then to Miami, and so it's like throughout those things that unfolded, how did they prepare you for where you are now? And what has been your biggest aha throughout your throughout that life? Because you've been in so many different places, different cultures, different experiences to land you in the success where you are today. So I think that, you know, luckily for us, uh, we can have many careers. We can do many things. We can reinvent ourselves, develop it, develop new passions. Um, but through it all, I think the aha moment is that to, to find that whatever you do, what you want to be is in contact with people and you want to learn mm. about people and you want to be part of, you know, this, this uh, community, this net that, you know, it is our, our um, city and, and our uh, small community of friends. And, and so that I think that is always been very, very important to me even though I've been doing, I've done different uh, jobs in my life. So to be able to learn about the toughness of New York now is great because I get all these New Yorkers and I know exactly how they talk and I know how tough they are with the negotiating. Um, so that has been a, a, a tremendous, you know, uh, skills that said that I, that I acquired many, many years ago. Um, but on the other hand, from coming from the marketing side, I know how to present the renderings and present all these, you know, uh, beautiful story and everything. So I think that everything you do prepares you for something different. But um, every day is, is a new challenge uh, with this. Yeah. Uh, with this new construction and having so many projects, every day you have new stories and, and new challenges to overcome. So you never are fully prepared for anything. So in finding, or you are with your life experience, so finding, finding, so there's life success. Now let's look at the developments. You're handling, I mean, you guys have 18 developments and four coming. Mm -hmm. What have you, and you've seen so many and you've sold so many, what is the difference between the most successful developments and the ones that aren't successful? And how do you know, what, how do you know which ones will be successful? So we have had a tremendous success on all the projects on the beach. I think that, you know, you think of Miami, you think of Miami Beach, you think of the sun. So all of our projects, 57 Ocean, um, 2000 Ocean, uh, Jade, uh, Jade Signature and Ritz Carlton, which is the ones that are on the beach, have done tremendously. Um, now we only have a bit, uh, inventory in 2000 Ocean, which is in Hallendale, and it's an up and coming neighborhood. Um, I think that is very important that the developer thinks very carefully on the product that they are creating for the area they're creating. Mm -hmm. I've seen where, you know, you do um, apartments that are too small in size in a very, in an area that is very desirable. And you end up getting people wanting to combine the units because they want more room. So even though it seems easier to sell apartments for lesser price because they are smaller, but in reality, people in that particular area want a bigger apartment. Wow. So that is one problem. And the opposite also is the, is the same. So in areas that are not fully mature, that are not fully developed, if we do too big of an apartment, that doesn't really work because it's too luxurious for the area that they're in and the people that are ready to pay that price, they want a different location. So I think like finding the specific product per the location, the specific design and a combination of a fabulous architect and amenities, but they are at the level that 
the people that are going to be there are expecting, it's always very important, and always keeping, of course, a level of design and you know style and everything that is above everything else, but not too out there. Yeah. Sometimes it gets out of what it's um, the realm of pricing for that neighborhood. It's almost like you can by by aspiring to overachieve, you can just put yourself out of the competition. Yes, yes, that is that is. Mm-hmm. It's not always it's not as good as it sounds to aspire to overachieve because that's not it, that that won't be an achievement. So I'm going to say again, everybody: storytelling, building relationships, and connecting with people, working hard, and by the way, knowing your market, knowing your product, and knowing your buyer. Right. are so important in what you're doing. And it's, it's the combination of everything, but I love here, especially the storytelling and how you do it and the different ways of doing it. What has been your biggest surprise? Because when you have a development, you, it, it still is so much more of an unknown than so many than like what we do in traditional real estate. We already can see the house. We know what to do. We know what the market is. The timing's a lot easier to deal with. What's been your biggest surprise, good or bad, with a development or developments that you've sold? Um, surprise in terms of results or in terms of yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, that leave it open to see what you come up with. But well, I had many surprises. I had surprises on on um, you know spending many many Sundays. Because when I started, I had to start as a, as a rookie. And then, you know, you're assigned the Sunday that nobody else wants to take. So you take all the Sundays for a year and a half. Nothing really happens um, or, or very little happens. But one day, this one client comes. So this client comes and looks at the building, doesn't really buy. But six months later, you are in a different project. You're in a different place. And this guy recognizes you and he brings you his friend and his friend actually happens to be a multimillionaire from China so comes sees the presentation helped by the translator and this translator basically asked me to print out all the inventory so this is not something I want to do because when you print out the inventory if then there are you know price changes in the future that's you know puts mm-hmm. you in so but in this case because we are not l- understanding anything i just need to put everything you know down in a paper this guy's from china this guy is from china and so, not, not not speaking good english it sounds like nothing zero so there are 24 apartments that are available he marks four and i'm like thinking whoa that's great that's a great sell so he goes to me and the translator says the mark wants no, he wants everything else. So after a year and a half. Well, you kind of like say, wait, wait, was that like repeat? Did that, you get that backwards? That, exactly. I was like, that all the ones that are that are not marked, he wants, yes, prepare the contracts. So I sold millions of dollars. People will come and tell me, oh, you were so lucky that day that you were there and the client came. But in reality, it was not luck. It was a year and a half of spending every Sunday, you know, and, and, and just being consistent and not missing a day. So this is one commitment and hard work that yeah. we have, but it surprises in terms of like, which project was super successful. Oh, wait, 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 we can't, we can't leave that story yet. Don't forget the successful project. So everybody, I want to just make sure you heard what happened. You were working on different developments, a couple of developments every year and a half, someone that you had known brought their friend in who was buying investing from China and out of how he marks off, you give him a list of all of it, which what I love is don't make it difficult for somebody to buy in a situation intuitively and intelligently, you knew they needed the full list of of Mm -hmm. product, even though you didn't typically do that, you did it. And in doing that, he marked off only four units that he didn't want out of how many? 24. 24. So did he buy 20, 40, he bought 20, 20, 20 units in one day. Yes. I mean, 20, okay. 20 condos in one day. That's insane. Look, he kind of sold out that day. Yeah. That day. And they were all right. dollars. So it was, it was epic. like, what a story. Yeah. What a story. So moving forward, anything else to add to that? And then tell us about the development. That's too much <laughs> no. fun. No, I mean, it was just a very um, special moment because I felt like all the hard work had paid off 
Um, so that is, is something that I, I share because when people complain now in a more managerial position about covering the Sunday and, you know, I know I did it and my son was three years old. So, but it is what it is. Uh, I, yeah. I, and, and I try to make the best out of it. Um, in terms of, of success, I mean, it's been really incredible on overcoming all the hurdles that we had last year, right? So last yeah. year, all of a sudden, March 2020, um, you know, uh, COVID comes, we are locked out of the home, we are uh, closed uh, uh, galleries, we, we basically only way that we have to keep in contact with our brokers is um is by phone and we all learn about what zoom is like you know mm -hmm. right now so we all started yeah. advising and trying to do webinars uh zoom meetings and and all these kind of things um so it was incredible to see the amount of effort and commitment of the in-house agents and how they kept selling even though it was all remote so that was something new that last year brought into us it, it brought that realization that, you know, with technology, we really can live anywhere we want to live. Mm -hmm. And that almost validated even more living in Florida, living in South Florida, where you have this amazing lifestyle within January, you go and play tennis and jump on the ocean and, and then, you know, um, have a, a really long lunch with friends outdoors. So, so this is the kind of lifestyle that people were searching for, especially when they were locked in their apartments and they were small apartments and they couldn't really do much because it was freezing cold outside. Yeah. Um, and that um, that was one of those big aha moments, like you say, because our lives change, our lives really had to adapt. And, and, and luckily for us, uh, uh, Miami has been exactly what everybody was dreaming of that they would want to be the moment that they get out of their apartments it's amazing how adaptable we are as people especially as things advance we have technology because you'd think like the movies about these pandemics of course we don't know what the end of the story is but they didn't look anything like what's happening especially not in the real estate market right now mm -hmm. super hot lowest inventory lowest um uh, well, I mean, you're selling stuff for a few years before it even is like done or out. Crazy. So developments, tell us, and only to learn. So what developments or development have you had? I know there are a lot because you guys do really well, but with developments, but what have you found have been some developments or development that's done really well? And what did you learn from that about that development that you can bring forward in your career? Like, oh, wow, this kind of development actually sells really well or why or was it something in the marketing or the product or the unveiling or the timing and so forth and so on so obviously we talked already about the um projects on the beach which you know basically they sell it themselves also yeah people has that that dream of you know coming down the elevator and putting your feet in the sun but what it's really the success story is the projects that are not on the beach because Miami has almost reinvented itself. It mm -hmm. Miami exists outside of the beach, right? So we have got this new technology and you know uh, startup hub. We become like a, a new startup hub, um, which is very important for us because we are attracting a lot of talent from from all over the world. We also have a finance, you know center that it's it's becoming really important so all these projects that are in the miami side not in the miami beach side have definitely benefit from it we are now selling brickle city center which is exactly the picture that you have behind you here we go everybody right right the heart of brickle which is our downtown per se so that the heart hmm. of brickle and we have amazing apartments from one to four or five bedroom penthouses so that is um, an exact, uh, uh, you know, basically um, explanation of what Miami is, is all about, which is people that wants to be urban, that wants all these incredible amenities, that wants the shopping because we have the best shopping in town right below with the Brickell City Center um, yeah. shops and, um, and, and restaurants and, and all that. So. That is the new Miami. That's what the Miami is growing to be. And that is what is very exciting to see. So we have all these wow. 
in Brickell that are coming downtown on the water, um, and that is um, that is also coming in in the years um, from now because um, Miami is not stopping. We are getting all these new um, persons moving to Miami every day, and there are not um, you know people that are looking for the second homes that like we were saying. There's a people that are coming to move uh, and permanently live in Florida. Well, and on that, on the growth in the city and the change and the change of lifestyles, we had talked a little bit, um, not recording, about boutiques. So I think, tell us a little bit about boutiques versus a high rise, and then we're going to kind of transition in our final three. But right. what is, what, and how can we learn from that just as agents in general as well? Mm-hmm. So we have, um, we have a desire, we have definitely request for that kind of building that it's not the massive 300, 400 um, apartments. Um, uh, We call it boutique when it's like, you know, around 60 apartments or less, 70 apartments or less, um, where, you know, the amenities are not shared with so many people, your elevators are not shared with so many people. Um, and that has been very, very successful. We have a project in Bay Harbor Islands called Onda, which is doing incredibly well. They have private marinas. So that also the access to the water and be able to not have to go to the beach and but you go with your boat and you're totally private with your friends and family. That's something that it's very, very on demand. There are almost like no marinas left in, available wow. in Miami. Um, so that's been super successful. Ambienta, another project also in the Bay Harbor Islands um, is, uh, is sold out and it's sold out in four months. It was a boutique building of only 30 units. Wow. Um, and we have other projects that are in the neighborhood that are doing also extremely well. Monaco also um, with um, with a marina, Monaco Yacht Club on, on Indian Creek in front of the infamous Indian Creek Island. So uh, really phenomenal views and, and great apartments there. So we do have that smaller size uh, building that is very much in demand because people just feels like um, they have a capability if they want of almost like a touchless entrance. So you have like, you can go in, don't even touch the elevator, you be recognized, you go to your home, you can open with your phone. Um, mm-hmm. So that um, that makes them feel very safe and very comfortable. Wow, that's incredible. So I'm tempted to ask one more question, so I'm going to, and then the final three. What do you think is the secret sauce of your success and the success of the development that you're with? Um, so the secret sauce of the company definitely has been being very choosy about the developments that we represent. So just establishing our reputation through the years, for sure. My personal sauce, I don't know, just working hard, I guess. Um, and then, well, you said it, storytell the right way, build the relationships, work hard and know your market and your buyer. Yeah, but work hard at all those things. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then um, uh, what was the last question? That was it. That was it. But, but I always quote Kevin Brown on the show because Kevin Brown always says, you can ask people their secret sauce, but they never know what it is. <laughs> exactly. Other people just see. Like yours is your yours is your positivity, your connection, your caring. It's your authenticity. Okay. And combining it with those four things we talked about. So now the final three. <laughs> final What's that? I believe you. You just say so. So final three. Uh, it, it's true. I don't know if we're on like, you're going to, this is going to be like episode 237, I believe. So <laughs> I'm getting a little confident. Um, final three. Congratulations. Thanks. Final three. Number one, what has been your biggest resource in your success? My biggest resource. So I think it's it's got to be the team that I work with. So we have an incredible international department, the marketing department, the broker relationships that we establish. So it's not just the work on one person. It's it's an incredible team that supports everything we do and the sales that we do. So just to get to where we are right now, it's the work of many layers. Of, of people and in, in many capacities. So it, it is definitely a team effort. I love that, which really taps back to that relationships and connectivity that this conversation kept going back to. Next question, what do you think 
would be the book that we have to read or that's most impacted your life and or career? So I want to quote you a book because honestly, I'm so busy reading all the trade magazines to learning everything that's going on. So I cannot tell you what is the one that is, has impacted me the most. But I do promise you, since I watch your podcast with Mr. Chris Boss, that I will read his book, ASAP. Never split the difference. Anybody who listens to this show, it's gotten to the point everybody loves to make fun of me, but I'm not kidding. Best ever. For sure. I've read a lot of them. It's good. Clearly. Clearly. Um, Last question. From our conversation today, if I and everybody listening is just going to forget everything except one thing, what's the one thing you hope we take away from this? So that if they want to try something different, they want to try to be an in-house agent, they should call me first. Ah, I love it. But also um, that it's, um, it's definitely a different type of work within the real estate um, that might be very exciting for some people that loves to be in contact with their city and establish connections with brokers, um, but at the same time, maybe has a little bit more structure um, if that's yeah. something they want to explore. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to add another one. What do you think is the biggest reason that being in new construction is for you versus anything else or for somebody? And not that we're trying to sell this to people, but just giving people perspective on the industry at large. Yeah. Um, so in a city like Miami, where it's in, in you know, incredible growth, I think that that is what offers the uh, this is, it offers the seed of the future. You have those amenities that you don't see anywhere else. You see, um, you know, um, basically, um, you now have meditation rooms. You have UV rays, um, you know, uh, in the spa treatment, all kinds of spa treatment, spa treatment even for dogs. You have all those, you kind of have to study a little bit sociological, what, what is people are asking and requiring, and that you learn what the seed of the future is. So for me, that's super, super exciting. Love it. Carmen, thank you so much for being on the show. It's so great to see you and so great to have you on, having you on. Everybody, Carmen Casadella with the Fortune International Group or Fortune International Group, Vice President of New Construction Sales, and she is in South Florida. Thank you so much, Jerry. This was so much fun. I really appreciate. I love talking to you. I feel like I know you already forever and I and I hope that we can catch up soon. I can't wait. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com.